We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, March the 11th, 2021. Today's show will start with a little midweek roundup as South Carolina finds a way to win anyway as they beat the Citadel Bulldogs 11-7 last night in Charleston. Of course, then we move to this weekend's series in Austin, Texas, as the Gamecocks travel to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns of the Big 12. Guys, I'll break down that series in its entirety. We'll talk Texas pitching, hitting. Of course, we'll talk South Carolina, what to watch for, key player of the weekend. I'll break down that series in its entirety, guys. The Gamecocks put their perfect record on the line when they take on Texas this weekend. Also, it is game day. The SEC tournament beginning for South Carolina basketball. The Gamecocks take on the Ole Miss Rebels. I'll break down that game in its entirety as well. We'll talk Ole Miss top storylines, Ole Miss players to watch for, keys to the game. I'll give my prediction. Much, much more from there as well. Also, we've got your listener questions. And on the note of Gamecock baseball, we've got a fantastic interview. Former South Carolina baseball player Chris Brown joins the show. Played back in 2005, 2006. He'll, he'll detail his path to South Carolina. Playing days in Columbia. Ray Tanner. Watching Gamecock baseball from afar now. Much, much more. Guys, we have got a packed edition of the Spurs Up show here on a Thursday, guys. So sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They are founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media, at Upstate Movers Group. Of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
freaking anyway, folks. That is the theme of this podcast today here on a Thursday. Also this, by the way, horns down. Let me be the first to tell you all, horns down. As I sit here in the studio and literally do the horns down motion, literally sitting here on my couch doing the horns down motion. Folks, I'm fired up here on a Thursday. We got a lot to talk about. I'm sorry, by the way, if my voice is a little raspy, if it cracks up, we're recording this after the midweek game. I was yelling a little bit. It's also 11 o'clock at night. My voice tends to break up this late at night, but you know what? We love it. We love it. We're here talking baseball here on a Thursday. And of course, we're going to sprinkle in some basketball because I refuse to act like the season's not happening, but I know you guys all want me to do that. But anyways, we're focusing on baseball. Hope you're all doing well, folks. Hope you're having a fantastic Thursday, by the way. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. First things first, I want to say, by the way, before we dive into everything, thank you to everyone that tuned in last night to the first ever TSUS watch along. We streamed for four hours, guys, watching that South Carolina Citadel game. And what a way to kick it off. The Gamecocks obviously coming back in that one, getting the win. But again, thank you so much to everyone who tuned into that. That was a lot of fun. I genuinely had a lot of fun. It was great, you know, reading the comments and bantering back and forth with you guys and kind of going through the ups and downs of the game with you all. I had a blast. Um, I, I can't guarantee you when the next one will be. Um, obviously, we have Texas this weekend. And, you know, honestly, if we were better in basketball, I would seriously think about doing it during the basketball game tonight against Ole Miss. But you know what, guys? It just – I just can't justify it. I, there's no point in us all sitting there in misery watching what we all know is probably coming, what we know is coming tonight. Um, but I will say, this weekend against Texas, again, a lot of you have asked me, Chris, what are you doing for it? How are you watching it? Will you do a live watch-along for it? And I want to explain, by the way, for the watch-alongs really, really quickly. If you noticed last night, and if you didn't tune in, I'll tell you. So the watch-along, what it is, is I am literally streaming, and it's on me, and I have the mic, and I'm talking to you guys, and I'm giving feedback, and I'm giving live reactions, all that good stuff. I cannot stream the actual games on those feeds. Because if I do, those feeds will get ripped down in five seconds due to copyright issues. So I obviously don't want that to happen. Now, we have the bottom ticker, by the way, that I was able to update the score for you guys. So I at least have that, but not able to show the actual games. But again, for those that tuned in, thank you so much. That was an absolute blast. And I definitely want to do one again soon. I'm thinking, I'm thinking at minimum one of the Texas games. And I'm thinking probably Saturday because tomorrow night, I was actually planning on having friends coming over and, and you know, we're going to have some drinks flowing, of course. And, and you know, everybody's going to be there. And, you know, I... <laughs> excuse me, I, I just feel like I'm not sure I want to put everybody, all my friends on the spot like that with a hot mic and a hot camera and all that stuff. But uh, I'm thinking maybe Saturday, maybe Saturday, because I'd love to go live for at least one of those Texas games. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be very intense. And uh, I, I think definitely something you guys would certainly enjoy. But again, thank you so much for that. With that being said, let's talk about the game that we all watched last night really quickly before we dive in the Texas game or the Texas series, excuse me. Let's talk about the game last night just really, really quickly. I know I broke it all down on my post-game reaction, all that good stuff, but South Carolina, hey, win freaking anyway. Finds a way to come back, 11-7 win in the midweek. And I'll just really summarize it by saying this, guys. You know, it wasn't necessarily pretty. You know, South Carolina, did they really, you know, there's some that would argue they didn't deserve to win the game. Um, Citadel definitely helped them out early on in the game, and then things happen late, and you're able to string together some hits, and you know, you're know you able to get some timely hitting, and you come through, and you get the W. 
that's just kind of how midweek games are, though, guys. I mean, you're seeing teams, you know, South Carolina is a perfect 11-0 and right now. You're seeing teams all across the country lose said midweek games. I mean, everybody. You know, and South Carolina's probably inevitably going to lose one of them. Probably. So all that really matters on the midweek is that you just simply find a way to win. You know, you had a bunch of guys with a lot of really good performances. Some guys struggled. But you know what? At the end of the day, you got the W. And that's all that matters. I said this too, and I want to make this clear. I said this in post game. Listen, I totally respect the Citadel and their players and what they do in the sense of like serving our country. And, you know, thank you so much for that. But when you act the way the Citadel's players acted during that game, I called them a slapdick in the post game, and I stand by that. They acted like slapdicks. That was some of the most slapdick behavior I've ever seen on a college baseball field. From the left-handed pitcher flexing like he just won the World Series and cussing out the dugout, to the reliever sprinting in from the bullpen, to, God forbid, the pitcher having his pants and his socks not connected, and you could see his freaking kneecaps. Some of the most Bush League stuff I've ever seen. And I'll tell you, man, Citadel had South Carolina for a while. But they started chirping. They started talking. And you know what? The baseball gods got them. And the Gamecocks woke up. So overall, again, whatever it takes for you to get motivated, for you to get fired up, it's a big win either way. You get the midweek win. You stay perfect. You take care of business. And I think most importantly, you have momentum and you have a ton of confidence going into this weekend series in Austin. With that being said, guys, again, the Gamecocks 11-0 remain perfect. Let's dive into it. This weekend series at Texas, the 19th-ranked Texas Longhorns, Friday at 7.30. And again, these times are going to be listed as Eastern time. Uh, Friday at 7.30, Saturday at 7, Sunday at 12. Now, before we even dive into like breaking down Texas and the only field stuff, these games, how can you watch them? I am going to give you the free plug right now. I'm going to give you a life hack. I'm going to give you the secret of exactly how I'm going to be watching the games. Again, Friday, 7.30, Saturday at 7, Sunday at 12. And as we know, all three are on Longhorn Network, which sucks because none of us have Longhorn Network because we're not Texas fans. Again, horns down, horns down. But you want to watch these games. Here's how you can do it. It's very, very simple. Sling TV right now is offering a free three-day trial. Sling TV has Longhorn Network. So what I suggest and what I'll be doing Friday afternoon, somewhere around 4 or 5 o'clock, start yourself a Sling TV trial. Sunday after the game is over, around 3 or 4 o'clock, cancel said trial, boom, you just watch the entire series for free. There you go. You're welcome. So that's what I will be doing. (laughs) Just to put that out there and give you guys a heads up. But again, of course, Texas of the Big 12, their head coach is David Pierce. Last year, they were hot to start that 2020 season. Went 14-3. and They sit at 8-5 and right now. Um, have won two straight. They were picked to finish second in the Big 12 this year by D1 Baseball. So, again, a lot of expected of David Pierce's crew in this 2021 baseball season. And really for Texas, guys, we'll start with the pitching because it starts on the mound for this Texas team. And one of the best pitchers, and you could argue the best in college baseball 
and that is Ty Madden, a righty, uh, the big right-hander. We all were talking about what he did last weekend against the Houston Cougars, who, again, is a good team in their own right. Complete game, 14 strikeouts. This is a guy running the fastball up there in the high 90s, wicked breaking stuff, wicked changeup. I mean, he's a big league pitcher at the college level. Elite. Truly an elite Friday night guy and a guy who's going to make a lot of money at the next level. Again, if you have not seen Ty Madden pitch, I, I highly recommend, I implore you to tune in tomorrow night to watch him take the bump because it is something spectacular. It is something special. With that being said, can South kind of hit him? Sure, he's a college pitcher. He can be hit, but this is a big-time arm. This is a big-time Friday arm, and this is by far the best arm the Gamecocks will have seen this season. Um, when you look at their staff, too, their pitching staff and, and in regards to even their bullpen, everything else, uh, really deep, really deep. And I was able to talk to a good buddy of mine who's actually a big Texas fan. Shout out Tyler King, by the way. Um, really big Texas fan. And, and we um, we did a lot of work together back when I was with Armchair. And he was doing Armchair Texas. And this is a guy that lives in Texas. I mean, he follows Texas baseball religiously. And I asked him about Texas. And I was like, hey, man, like, what's the scoop? What's the scouting report? He said, Really, 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 really good pitching and kind of eh, hitting. So pitching is the strong suit for this Texas baseball team. And you look at their you look at their roster, you look at their ERA, they have a 3-5-3 team ERA. Guys like Jared Southard, Palmer Wenzel, um, you know, Ty Madden, of course, like I mentioned, but Tanner Witt out of the bullpen. Um, you know, Pete Hansen has been really, really good for them. Uh, you know, Tristan Stevens, of course, starting. We're going to talk about him in just a second, but Drew Shiflett you know, Justin Eckhart, but really their starting rotation. That, that's where it all begins. They feature one of the best starting rotations in the entire country. Let's go down and list them all. Friday, of course, right-handed pitcher Ty Madden right now in the season, 2-1 and one with a one three five ERA. Saturday, they'll, they'll release right-handed pitcher Tristan Stevens, 0-1 with a four nine six ERA. And then Sunday, they'll go with right-handed pitcher Colby Kubicek, I think I'm saying that right. Colby Kubicek, two and one with a 1.93 ERA. So three righties, again, obviously led by Ty Madden, but very, very strong. All three guys have thrown really, really good baseball for the Longhorns. Let's move to the hitting side of things for Texas. Because again, that's where it's kind of been a mystery. That's where it's kind of been up and down for Texas, if you will. Because again, 3.53 team ERA. That's really, 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 really good. That'll win you a lot of ball games, but a 256 team average. It's got to be one of the worst in the Big 12. 256 team average. And listen to this. Let's dive even deeper, right? Let's dive even deeper because they've, they've played 13 games. They've hit nine home runs, so not a lot of power. Guys, they have struck out 128 times in 13 games, and they've only walked 65 times. They've, they've walked half as many times as they've struck out. So what does that tell you? Extremely aggressive, not very disciplined, will get themselves out. Have some speed on the base pass. They're 18 for 22 in stolen bases. So when they do get on, they've got some athleticism in that lineup. They're not afraid to run. But again, the number that just, uh, just jumps off the page, I almost couldn't believe it when I saw it. Again, hitting 256 but 128 strikeouts to 65 walks. And we're talking about a Gamecocks pitching staff that has had no issue striking people out. You got to be licking your chops 
if you're on that Gamecock staff. Let's take a look at some Texas players to watch for, guys. We'll start with the infielder, Zach Zubia. Zubia hitting 359 on the season, one home run, 12 RBI. Really, really talented player for the Longhorns. We move to infielder Cam Williams. Um, lower on the average, but he leads the team in home runs. He's hitting just 239, but he, do, but he does have three home runs on the year, 11 RBIs. And then finally, we move to outfielder Douglas Hodo III. Hitting 367, a homer, six RBIs. And get this, guys, he's leading the team in average, and he leads the team in this stat as well, a 475 on-base percentage. The guy, simply put, just gets on base. But again, this is a talented Texas team top to bottom. I mean, really, they're being carried by their pitching right now for sure. But this is a talented Texas squad top to bottom. I think they were preseason ranked top 10, and they went in that tournament, that first tournament of the season, and you know, they've lost to every SEC team they played. I think it was Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and I forget who the other one was. I know they've lost to both the Mississippi schools, though. But, again, they started the season in a really tough tournament. I guess I'm looking at their schedule right now. I can just tell you. Um, Arkansas. Arkansas. They lost to Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. Then they went and beat BYU three out of four. Then they beat Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Texas State in midweek games then took two out of three from Houston and beat Sam Houston on Tuesday of this week, 15-9. to But again, have lost to every SEC team they played. Can South kind of keep that trend going? Okay, let's move to the Gamecocks. Obviously, obviously the weekend rotation, as Mark Kingston stated, going to be the exact same as before. Right-handed pitcher Thomas Farr will take the bump on Friday. Right-handed pitcher Brandon Jordan will get it on Saturday. And then left-handed pitcher Julian Bosnick will get it on Sunday. Guys, let's move into what to watch for. Because there, there are tons, and I mean tons of storylines for this weekend. And the first one for me is this. A series two decades in the making. Just like Mark Kingston said when he announced it on social media. You know, when I talked about the Clemson series and that rivalry, and of course South Carolina, Texas doesn't measure to that, for sure. I mean, the, 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 the amount of history, it's, it's not there, whatever. But history is certainly in this series. Because as we all remember, the last time these two teams played, 2002, College World Series, a winner-take-all, one-game series, by the way, I might add, which still pisses us off that it was a one-game winner-take-all. But South Carolina and Texas met in the College World Series final. Texas, of course, winning that game and winning the College World Series. When you factor, again, this series has everything. You know what I mean? It really does. Two ranked teams, the history, two programs with great tradition. It's just, you know, a big series early in the season. It's college baseball at its finest. And again, a series two decades in the making. Again, none of these players, I mean, some of them weren't even born when, this, when, when, when these, last, these two teams last played. But I know for, like, the alumni and for, you know, both schools have extremely proud alumni. Both schools have rabid fan bases that love and support their baseball programs. And I think that's just such a cool storyline going into this one because it's just not often that you, that you get those type of storylines. It's not often that you get those type of matchups. So I think just the overall – dramatics and the nostalgia and the aura around this series is going to be really, really cool to take in and experience this weekend. 
Obviously, something I'm watching for, the Gamecocks are putting perfection on the line. 11-0 after that big midweek win over the Citadel last night. Can the Gamecocks stay perfect? Listen, they're going to lose a baseball game at some point. Just flat out. It's baseball. The game's random. You're going to lose at some point. I'm not wishing it to be tomorrow night, this weekend at all. You know what I mean? I'd love to see them get as close to undefeated as possible. But the game is random. You're going to lose, right? At this point, it's starting to become just how long can you keep this thing going? Because this is your best start as a program since, I believe, 2014 when you started that season 16-0. and Could South Carolina get it beyond that? You're 11-0 and right now, which, of course, would mean you'd have to sweep Texas. And then you'd damn near have to sweep Vandy. And, my God, what a start of the season that would be. But putting perfection on the line. You, could, you couldn't ask for a better setup, for a better scenario. You just couldn't. I mean, if you'd have told me in the preseason, hey, South Carolina's going to be undefeated when they take on Texas, I'd have been like, man, I hope so. But, I mean, whew, you know, it's baseball. You couldn't ask for a better set of circumstances if you're the Gamecocks. I mentioned the Vandy series also, guys. And I think something's a big storyline here. You know, fairly or unfairly, even with the 11-0 start, there are a lot of fans out there saying, oh, we're going to really find out what type of club they are over the next three weeks. Oh, you know, we're really going to see if they're for real or not. And and I look at it more this way. Like, you, you know, obviously you can't go out there and lose all three series or anything, but I think this is a solid ball club either way. You know, I, I don't like I don't like putting that as the top narrative of the, you know, oh, we're going to see what they're all about the next three weeks. In the sense of you almost feels like someone that says that is implying that this team is, is phony. You know, th- th- this team is a bunch of pretenders, not contenders. And I just don't believe that. You know, I, I don't want to put that narrative on this team. But it is interesting because it is the beginning of a gauntlet. There's no question. You know, we as fans can look ahead. You got Texas this weekend for three. Then you go to Nashville next weekend for three to take on Vandy. Then you play Florida at your place. The goal has got to be to win two out of those three series. And again, I'm speaking purely from the fan perspective and from the projections perspective. Because obviously as the team, that team is, you know, they should never go into a series believing that that they're not not going to win or something. You expect to win every single series, bottom line. But realistically, when we look at it, I think if you can win two out of those three series, you're going to be doing well for yourself. You really are. Because it is a gauntlet. Call it what it is. It is a gauntlet. And this is the beginning of it. And who would have thought in this series you'd be ranked ahead of Texas? I, I certainly didn't think so. I thought Texas was going to be a top-10 ball club and, and you were going to come in as the clear underdog. I don't know that that's necessarily the case right now. I really don't. So... The beginning of the gauntlet, can you get off to a quick start? Can, can you get off on the right foot? Again, I think it would do wonders for you. Obviously, we, you know, I don't have to explain to you guys how big winning this series would be. But getting off on the right foot in regards to that gauntlet, I think, again, it, it would just do absolute wonders. And, <clears throat> you know, would really <clears throat> solidify what this team has done to this point. Not that it really needs to be, but it would. But it would, bottom line. Of course, another thing I'm watching for and something I cannot wait for is the matchup tomorrow night. 
folks, I mean, again, college baseball at its finest. And if you are wanting to see some damn high-quality pitching, you have come to the right place. Thomas Farr versus Ty Madden. A matchup for the ages. Two big-time, legit Friday night guys just duking it out, going at it. You know, a game that with those two guys on the bump, you you know you're probably going to have to win it two to one. Three to two, maybe. But I expect both those guys to be fired up, going at one another, having their best stuff, and hey, may the best man win. But far versus Madden, again, you just can't ask for a better for a better matchup. You just really can't. And you know, it, it's unfortunate because last year, really the last two years, we haven't gotten these type of matchups as Gamecock fans because two years ago, Carmen Majinski gets hurt, right? So you, you you don't get those matchups on a Friday at all. And then last year, you didn't have a season. <clears throat> so it's just been so long that I can remember since South Carolina had a matchup like this on a Friday night where it's like, hey, we're throwing an ace, you're throwing an ace. <laughs> May the best man win. And I just, you know, as myself, someone that loves the game and also a former pitcher, and I cannot wait to watch Far versus Madden duke it out. That is going to be one for the absolute ages. Another thing guys will be watching for and something that's kind of snuck up on us. You know, West Clark got off to that crazy hot start, right? Crazy hot start. He kind of finds himself in a little bit of a funk right now. Oh, for his last nine, believe it or not. What I'm looking for, can Wes Clark snap out of his funk? <clears throat> Again, I knew that Wes would come back down to reality. He's going to come back down to earth, guys. He's not going to hit. He's not going to hit 700 all season long. But with that being said, he's certainly a guy that you need to be able to depend on. He's certainly a guy <clears throat> you need to be able to count on. And again, guys, I, I, <clears throat> I apologize for my throat and the, you know, it's late in the night and whatever. Anyways, we, we, we proceed. We win anyway. We move on. But anyways, you need Wes Clark to snap out of his funk, to be one of your dudes, to be someone you can rely on, depend on. Oh, for his last nine means he's due. Maybe he gets it back rolling this weekend. But if you're going to win this series against Texas, I think you're going to need him. Flat out, I just think you're going to need him. Another thing to watch for, will there, will there be more win-anyway heroics this weekend? The cardiac cocks, man, I tell you. And it's crazy. This stat blew my mind when I heard it on the telecast last night. South Carolina as a team this year, has scored, out of all the runs it scored, if you break it down inning by inning, they have scored more runs in the eighth inning than any other inning this season. I mean, that is crazy. That is a wild stat. And it really, again, fits in with this team with the win-anyway approach and winning late and just finding a way to win. You know, you're down, you're out, whatever, doesn't matter. Win anyway. Score late. I'd expect three classics. I, I, I really am. I'd expect three classics from this series. I think there's going to be those more, there's going to be more of those win anyway moments. There are. Bottom line. 
But I, I wonder what those heroics are like when they come, who they come from. Again, it, it's going to set the stage for just a flat-out brilliant weekend of baseball. Another thing I think is so important this weekend, guys, that I'm watching for is I've talked about Texas's pitching. Let's talk about South Carolina's, the bullpen. You know, I was really surprised on Wednesday or last night, if you will, to see South Carolina throw guys like Andy Peters and Will Sanders and Jackson Phipps. And, you know, not that, you know, when I say that I thought they were going to save them for the weekend, you know, you obviously want to go one and zero every day, like Mark Kingston says. So if you, if Andy Peters gives you the best chance to win that ball game, you're going to throw him. I get it. I, like, I'm not mad they threw him or anything. Because a guy like Will Sanders will definitely be ready. A guy like Phipps will definitely be ready. You know, all the other guys, it was like they're throwing bullpens anyways. Whatever. PD, I think, probably ready to go Saturday. But it's going to be a battle of the bullpens this weekend. And in a series like this where, again, I'm expecting three really close games, late game heroics will be a thing. And I, I think when you look back at the end of the weekend, you're probably going to look back and say, you know what? This team's bullpen outperformed the other team's bullpen, and that's why they won the series. I, I really think that's going to be a thing, for sure. Because I think when you look at both sides, both sides' starting rotations are very solid. Very, very solid. Those, those starting rotations will compete with anybody. But with the bullpen, especially in college baseball, it always feels like it is a roll of the dice. It really does. Which bullpen is more consistent? Which bullpen is more reliable? At the end of the day, the one that is, is probably going to be the team that wins this series. And then finally, guys, I, I know I've touched on it a little bit already. But just, I kind of said this about the Clemson series, and I'll say it about this one as well, though. When you're watching the games this weekend, just take a moment out of the anxiety and the nervousness and all that. Take a moment to really soak it all in. Because this series, this, this is college baseball at its finest. I, I mean, it is. You couldn't ask for anything more. South Carolina, Texas, the tradition, you know, the history in Omaha playing in the College World Series Finals. Two programs, historic. You know, two of the giants in college baseball. A lot of hype in 2021 for both squads. Both with high expectations and aspirations of going back to Omaha. I mean, this is a truly, again, college baseball at its finest. And then you factor in South Carolina's 11-0, and they're putting their perfect record, you know, on the... Uh, putting their perfect record, you know, at risk on the road. I mean, it's just, man, it's just awesome. We're so lucky we get to watch it. And I, and I can't wait. And, uh, you know, I, I know the team's fired up. Both squads will be fired up. And uh, it's a good one, man. This is, this is a really cool matchup. I'm so glad they were to make the series happen. And uh, it's going to be a blast for sure. All right, let's move, guys. Key player of the weekend. My key player for this weekend, guys, and I just talked about how pivotal bullpen is going to be so it should be no surprise to you guys that my key player for this weekend is none other than right-handed pitcher and closer Brett Carey 
I think Brett Carey is by far the most important player on your roster this weekend. Because I trust this team, and I believe in this team, and I think this team is going to get in multiple situations where it has the lead late, and it's got to close the game out, right? It's got to secure a W. And of course, Brett Carey is going to be that guy. He's going to be that guy you hand the baseball to. And I think he's going to be that guy you hand the baseball to multiple times. Like I, I think he's going to pitch more than once this weekend for sure. Again, can you do it? Can you lock it down? That's all it'll come down to. Can you win the last three innings? You know, when you talk baseball, you break it down into three-inning stretches, right? One through three, four through six, and seven through nine. Can you win the last three? And having a guy like Brett Carey who you can roll out there and and uh, can get you those last three outs, maybe he's got to get you six outs. Whatever he's got to do, though, can you lean on him? <clears throat> can you depend on him? What are you going to get from him? Again, he's been lights out for you this year. I feel good about him, but he's your key player. No question in my mind. No question in my mind. You need the absolute best version of Brett Carey this weekend if you're going to take this series from Texas on the road. Guys, with that being said, that's going to wrap up my series preview for this weekend at Texas. Now, you're probably wondering, Chris, what the hell? What do you mean? Where's your prediction? So, like I told you guys, we're going to bring back five podcasts per week. And in order to do that, I am moving my predictions for the series to Fridays now. So, if you want to know my prediction... Tune in tomorrow. We'll have a full recap of the SEC tournament game. And also, of course, though, like I just said, my prediction for this weekend, South Carolina at Texas. I've got a pretty good feeling which way I'm going. I've got a pretty good feeling of how I'm picking it. But you guys will hear that tomorrow in its entirety. So a little cliffhanger for you. Tune in tomorrow to the podcast. It'll be worth it. It'll be a lot of fun, and again, we're going to do that for every single weekend for Carolina Baseball on Fridays, just like I did for football, just like I did for basketball. On Fridays, I will drop my prediction for the weekend series. So again, going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. And with that being said, guys, let's talk South Carolina basketball now. But before we do, we're talking balls, of course. <laughs> we're talking balls, of course. You guys know where I'm going with this, right? And since we're talking balls, I'd like to mention that support for the Spurs Up show is brought to you by Manscaped. Guys, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Guys, they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Guys, Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, including... Yours truly, guys. I swear by this stuff. I've been using Manscaped products for the last over over the last year, and it's been incredible. Been a game changer. I would go with no one else. Guys, Manscaped hooked me up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their perfect package 3.0 kit. Guys, listen, we've all been there, right? You're shaving your junk, you're shaving your nuts, whatever you're doing. You nick yourself, you cut yourself. It's the worst. It's the worst. I mean, it burns, it bleeds. It's it's just no bueno. It's no bueno at all. Guys, no more. You don't have to deal with that. Manscaped has created the perfect, be, excuse me, the best ball hair trimmer. It's perfect, too, though. 
But the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawn Mower 3.0, guys. They're third-generation trimmer. It features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Guys, I now feel confident shaving my boys. I really do. And you know why else I feel confident? Because the damn thing's got a light on it. The trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave, and it's waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. Guys, it's got a light, and you can use it in the shower. I mean, you should be putting in your debit card right now. That, that's worth the price of admission. Guys, the Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand-new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. You definitely want to make sure you smell nice. It includes their Crop Preserver. Like I said, you want to smell nice. Hey, listen, your girl's going to thank you, by the way. I'm going to tell you right now, she is going to thank you. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer. Guys, you already put deodorant in your, in your armpits. Why are you not going to put it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, guys, believe it or not, you can say whatever you want. Your balls stink. Put something on them. Speaking, speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm, I'm literally like losing. I can't even talk anymore because like the, the ball talk is like blah, 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 blah. But anyway, speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, it keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And also, guys, Manscaped threw in two free gifts from their perfect package, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day, and a travel shed bag, which, again, guys, I use this thing all the time. You store all your grooming goodies in there. It's incredible. Again, and, guys, with this promo code, you're getting the ultimate hookup. You can get 20% off and free shipping with a promo code TSUS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code TSUS. And again, guys, like I've said, I've stressed before, this is helping the business in a huge way. Manscaped has told me, hey, Chris, you get 10 promo code conversions in March. We're going to come on in a much bigger capacity as a paid partner for a long-term partnership. So your purchase... Not only are you helping yourself with your Manscaped products and you're taking care of your nuts, but you are helping the Spurs Up show exponentially. And guess what? We've already hit five promo code conversions for the month. So thank you guys who have bought. And for those that haven't, we only need five more. And if you buy, shoot me a DM. I'll give you a shout out. I'll shoot you some stickers. Maybe I'll shoot you some merch. Heck, whatever, to say thank you. Again, that's promo code TSUS at manscaped.com to get 20% off with free shipping. Guys, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, with that being said, <clears throat> let's run through, and I mean run through, let's sprint through this basketball game. South Carolina taking on the Ole Miss Rebels, the six-seed Ole Miss Rebels in Nashville, Tennessee at Bridgestone Arena. Obviously, of course, opening up SEC tournament play. The game which I know we're all just so thrilled about, is slated for a 9 o'clock tip-off on the SEC Network. And guess what? It's more than likely going to tip off at 9.30, maybe 9.45. I mean, God forbid. Who knows? Going to be another late night for us tonight. Ole Miss, though, finished up their season 15-10 and 10 overall, 10-8 and 8 in the SEC. Their head coach, Kermit Davis. Um, obviously, we've talked about Ole Miss before, a really, really talented squad. But if you guys really do want to know their season stats – I'll go through their season stats. Because like I said, I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like, oh, you know, we're going to pretend like the season's over. Or no. no, you know what? I'm going to go down with this sinking ship. Ole Miss averaging 68.7 points per game, 
uh, allowing their opponents to score 63 points per game, so a really good defensive team. They shoot 44% from the field and 30% from three, hold their opponents to just 42% from the field and 36% from three. And, of course, the last time the Gamecocks played Ole Miss, actually a fairly competitive game. Lost 81-74. to Let's move, guys, into top storylines. And the first one is this. And I feel crazy saying it, but I feel like I have to. I mean, is there any tournament magic there for South Carolina? Anything. Even just winning one game. Is there any tournament magic? Can this team, you know, I heard Frank Martin talking about, you know, it's a new season. You know, you have a new mindset, blah, 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 whatever. Like, realistically, though, can this team go into this game? Can this team go into this tournament with that mindset? Can they somehow grab on to that and cling to that and make that a reality. I don't think so. I know you guys don't think so. But have crazier things happened? I don't know. Another big storyline in this one, guys, of course, Devontae Shuler, the local kid from Irmo. Can the Gamecocks contain him? Obviously, set a career high in scoring. I think he had like 34 or something against USC the last time. Can South Carolina contain him? You're going to have to limit him. You're going to have to limit him. You're going to have any chance in this ballgame. Another big storyline for me, something else I'll be watching, guys. Lawson's last go in Garnet and Black. I think it's probably his last go. I think it's probably his last hurrah. I think that, you know, I don't see why he'd come back. And I think he's going to be a fairly decent draft pick. But, um, I mean, think about it, guys. I mean, you, you lose this one, your season's over, and, and that's that's it. That's all we've seen, right? So, um, I think it's the last time we could see A.J. Lawson in a South Carolina uniform. That's sad. That is. That's sad. I'm shedding a single tear right now. Now, my final storyline is this, guys. Just, is there any fight left? You know, you lost by seven the last time you played them. So it wasn't a complete blowout or anything. But what type of fight, effort, intensity do we see from this Gamecock squad? I mean, are they ready to just pack it in, go home, get this thing over with? Or is this truly a team that's bought into what Frank Martin's been preaching? We'll have to wait and see. Guys, a couple of Ole Miss players to watch for. Run through these real quick. Um, <clears throat> again, Devontae Shuler, obviously the local kid. He leads Ole Miss. Um, scoring 15.6 points per game. A really, really talented player. Luis Rodriguez, another one. Um, really, really good player for them, averaging 7.6 points per game. And then Romello White. Romello White, the big man. The big man for them, averaging 5.8 rebounds per game. Luis, Luis Rodriguez, by the way, averaging 6.1 rebounds. But Romello White coupling that with 11 points per game. So a big-time player for the Ole Miss Rebels. Keys to the game, guys, are this. If South Carolina is going to have any chance, first things first, you got to limit Devontae Shuler. Is that A.J. Lawson? I don't know. But whatever you did last time, you can't do it again. Whatever you did last time, you cannot do it again. Limit Devontae Shuler. Find a way to limit Shuler. My second key to the game, again, might be his last game in Garnet and Black. Get A.J. Lawson going. He needs one of those special nights for you. He's probably going to have to carry the load. You, 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 don't, you don't believe in what you're going to get out of Jermaine Kusnard and Seventh Woods and Manai and really anybody. It all starts at A.J. Lawson. 
If A.J. Lawson has a good game, maybe you have a chance. If he doesn't, might as well just forget it. And then my final key to the game, capture the magic. You know what I mean? Like, just, just it, it is the postseason. It is the tournament. You never know what might be able to happen. Find a way. Capture the magic. I, I mean, bottle it up. Bottle up that energy. Carry it with you. And just believe. And just fight and scratch and claw. And you never know. <laughs> you never know. Like I said. You truly never know. All right, guys, let's move to my prediction real quick. South Carolina, Ole Miss, Gamecocks, taking on the Rebels in the SEC tournament. Can South Carolina pull off one of the stupidest, most ridiculous runs we've ever seen? <laughs> Is it possible? Is it possible for South Carolina to do it? My answer is no. No, it's not possible, and it won't happen. And I hate to burst your bubble if you tuned in and you want to you want to believe in your Gamecocks and you got your garnet glasses on, and I totally get that. And I'll be watching them. I'll, I'll be pulling for them, all that good stuff. But I think this nightmare of a season finally, finally comes to an end tonight in Nashville. I think Devontae Shuler has another really good game. against. I, I think it's just going to be another typical South Carolina game, guys. The Gamecocks will fight early. Ole Miss pulls away late. They're going to shoot over 50% against you. You're not going to shoot well. It'll be a disappointing, bitter end to A.J. Lawson's career at Carolina, and it'll be another frustrating night. And thank God, the last frustrating night of this extremely frustrating season. I got the Ole Miss Rebels 82, South Carolina 70. Again, I think Gamecocks fight early. They can't hang in this one. And, uh, you know, this this nightmare of a season finally comes to an end. So, again, Rebels 82, Gamecocks 70. Season finally comes to a close, and we can all focus on baseball. All right, with that being said, let's move to your listener questions. We'll dive into our interview, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, Spencer Sox won. <laughs> This is a funny one. Is George Khalil ever not an 0-2 count? Boy, it sure doesn't feel like it. I, I mean, got to figure it out the plate, my guy. He's got to figure out the plate for sure. I will give you that. Uh, Krusty Andy, if we sweep Texas, will we be in the top 10? Absolutely 110%. Absolutely we will. Uh, Blake M. Collins, Founders Field is the toughest place to play in the SEC. Actually, you know what? I think I'm reading the wrong questions. Let me see here. Am I reading the wrong questions? Where are the questions? Oh, I am reading the wrong questions, guys. I do apologize. So those are the last questions. These are the correct questions. <laughs> Gotta love it. Late, it's 11.45 at night, and I'm like, my brain's scrambled eggs right now. Um, ben Smitty, 2017. Do you think baseball will fall apart in SEC play like we have done in the past? Man, Ben, don't be so optimistic. I No, I don't. No, I don't. I, you know... This team is much, much better equipped to withstand the SEC grind. I'll put it that way. Ben Smitty also says, why did seventh never live up to his eighth grade highlights in your opinion? I have no idea, man. I don't know if it's a development thing, if it's a confidence thing, a mentality thing. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's, it's really tough for me to pinpoint and say. Final question, Sam.Andrews1, 
Do you think baseball gets caught looking ahead Wednesday night and loses? Well, the answer is no, because they won. But, uh, dude, I, I don't really think that ever happened. It's just the midweek, man. You throw different guys. You put different guys in different situations. And, and then you're playing a team like the Citadel where it's their Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It's literally like the biggest game in the world for them. And, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So, a lot of teams lose those midweeks. You didn't lose yours, though, and you go into this weekend again undefeated 11-0 with a lot of confidence taking on the Texas Longhorns. All right, guys, what a show. What a show, packed show, and it's not done yet, believe it or not. we got a great conversation, great interview, former Gamecocks baseball player, former Carolina slugger Chris Brown, played all the way back in 2005 and 2006, was part of some of those murderers. Rose lineups. Um, was part of 2006, five straight home runs against Georgia, believe it or not. He tells that story. Ray Tanner, what he's doing now in his baseball career. Mark Kingston, his outlook on the program, guys. A fantastic conversation, and I appreciate Chris taking the time to join, guys. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for the love and support, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, and now enjoy this conversation with former Gamecocks baseball player Chris Brown. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that played for Gamecocks baseball from 2005 to 2006. During his career, he hit 308 with nine home runs and 53 RBIs, also stole six bags, and when 2006 was named to the NCAA All-Regional team, a big basher for the Gamecocks, very pleased to be joined by former South Carolina baseball player Chris Brown. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on, my friend. Oh, definitely, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me as well, man. Honestly, I, I appreciate being on the show. Yeah, for sure. So, Chris, let's yeah. go back to the beginning for you. Um, I, I'd love to hear just your overall path, your journey, because, again, we were talking, joking a little bit off air. Uh, you're a Juco bandit, obviously, South Carolina and Ray Tanner, and we're seeing it now with Mark Kingston. Uh, junior college baseball, I think it's at times – maybe the, the casual fan doesn't understand, but I, I think that it's an undervalued piece. You know, your Juco guys, they come in, they've played college baseball, they they have experience. Maybe you feel like you're taking a little bit less of a risk with a Juco guy versus, you know, a true freshman that's never been at the college level. And again, we've seen it pay off for South Carolina. I mean, throughout the, the course of history, if you will, but you're one of those guys, you're from Miramar, Florida though. And you mentioned you played at the same junior college with a ton of former Gamecocks, LB Danzler, most notably that we had on the show just a few weeks ago, but talk about your, your path to South Carolina. Again, coming from the state of Florida, you go the Juco route, obviously coach Tanner and that crew saw you. What were those conversations like? Which schools did it come down to for you? And why'd you choose to, uh, to come to Columbia? Oh, definitely, man. I, um, yeah, growing up in my, like just right outside of Miami. Um, and this is before Facebook, right? right. This is oh, before yeah. Twitter, social media. This is before like knowing really anything. I, I mean, I'm a junior in high school, and I'm like, I'm South Carolina. You know, I like don't even know. I'm just kind of playing. I don't even, you know, I'm, where is that? What right. is that, you know? So right. um, as time went on, here I am my senior year, and I'll never forget it. True story. I'm already committed to Manatee, where uh, Justin Harris, Tim Seaton, and obviously LB Dancer. Um, and I'm already committed there, and I'm watching the College World Series in 02. And that's when uh, South Carolina played a national championship against Texas that year. Mm. And I'm watching these guys and I'm watching guys like Landon and Drew Meyer and Dyson Bondo. And I'm like, man, I like the way these guys play. Right. Like they were just grinders getting after. And I'm like, I'm going to go to this junior college. I'm going to tear it up. 
and then I'm going to go to South Carolina. And I kind of just said it, like, in my head, like, you know what? Hey, man. And then I get there, and things are going well. And I'm like, man, I might have a chance. Yeah. So I remember things started really clicking for me uh, my junior year, and that's when uh, Coach Toman, the former recruiting coordinator there, yeah. Um, he was why he came to a bunch of our games, saw me play, like what he saw. Um, and he, you know, started recruiting me, started talking to me. And before you know it, um, going into my sophomore year, I was committed to South Carolina. What a legend coach Toman is. Uh, it's so oh, funny. Dude. Like I've, I've had some guys that have been around him, but we really dude, haven't ever this. stopped to, to talk about him. Were you there when the Toman tirade happened? Were you, were you there for that? I was not. Okay, I think that was like oh right. four that maybe that happened. Um, yeah, <clears throat> what a legend though! But, I mean, so many stories <laughs> about Toman and his antics, man. Oh, definitely, man. No, Toman was great, man. I mean, on the field, he you know he was tough and he was you know, and then he was also fun too. Right. You know, he could kick it both ways with us. So, no, nah, he was great. Was Monty was was Monty Lee there when you were there? He was. Okay, yeah. so Monty was there. Yeah. Tanner. I'm just thinking like this the 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 legendary coaching staff led right. by Tanner. I mean, he, he, he really had that thing rolling. Oh, coach Lee was our first base coach and our hitting, uh, hitting guy. And yeah. he worked with the outfielders and, uh, Mark Calvi was yeah, our coach pitching Calvi. coach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, actually when I was in high school, he was actually the pitching coach at FIU down in Miami. Gotcha. So gotcha. we came in together actually his first year and was Oh five Oh four Oh five season. That was my first year. I got you. So yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, obviously we're talking a little bit off here about Ray Tanner and just the legend that is. And, you know, we were kind of joking around that, you know, and I've talked about this before on the show, but the guys that played in like 10 and 11 and 12 and later in his career, you know, they talked about how tough it was playing for Tanner. But, you know, those guys just have no clue um, just about how tough he was. And again, he got the most out of his players and it worked. And again, we were talking off air that most, you know, most great coaches you looked at, you look at them, they they were tough. You know, they they were they demanded excellence. They demanded perfection, even if it wasn't really possible or attainable. But that's just how they were, they, how they operated, how they were wired. Just talk about your experience with Coach Tanner, what it was like for you. I mean, again, um, he demanded the best out of you guys. There's no question, but it obviously worked. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, definitely. Like he, I mean, one thing about him, he was the same every day. Mm. I mean, he did not let us give in ever. We could win 25 games in a row. I mean, we, you know, it, it was the same every day. There was no like, oh, things are going great for us. You know, we can kind of, you know, relax a little and things are, but no, every day at practice, it was the same every day. Right. That same hard getting after it, practicing hard, playing hard during a midweek game, you know, like it didn't matter. It did not matter. You know, every single day you had to come out and give it your best every day. So, I mean, it was, hats off to him i learned so much from him so yeah and it's, it's interesting you know chris you came into south carolina at a time with I, I i would say you know the murderers row lineups I, I really think like those you know those teams that you were a part of in like 06 and 07 like i really think those might be the most talented teams to ever take the field and i know that that sounds pretty bold but like at least on the hitting side like i mean we were talking again the names when you list them off of the smokes and the havens and the darnells and the dishers and the and the grind staffs and the names people don't even remember from those teams that could absolutely just drop nukes um when you got there though i'm curious how, how did you feel like your game fit in because i i could see on one hand how that could be like a little bit intimidating it's like you go out there and you watch bp and you're like oh 
Like these dudes are depositing baseballs. Like I better, I better have the power numbers. And I, 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 I know some guys and play with some guys that, that knew Tanner and were there. And, you know, they, they, they literally said Tanner embraced that, that philosophy and his, his slogan was, you know, singles clog the bases. Like we're trying to hit bombs, you know what I mean? So right. talk about embracing that culture, if you will, and, and how you feel like your game, you know, how, how your game, you know, fit in with that. Right. No, definitely. I, um, you know, I was a guy that could get on base. I could swing it. I was gap to gap, mm. you know, and then I can pop them out every once in a while, you know, but not like Pierce yeah. and smoke and Disher and Grindstaff and all these dudes. So my job was to get on base, <laughs> you know? So yeah. we're, we're trying to hit a three run home run. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, BP was, uh, a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I've actually talked to former players, the pitcher, not saying it was a good thing, but after a start or something, but they would love to get out early and watch us take BP. Right. I mean, this is coming from other guys on the other teams. Just, you know, everyone knows when South Carolina comes, man, it's BP is going to be special. And then you better make your pitches on us because, you know, anyone at any time could leave the yard, man. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. Yeah, it was insane. So, you, you talked about Steve Pierce. I want to switch gears a little bit because, like you said, that's your dude. We were talking a little bit off air. Right. How, how crazy was it for you? And, again, I'm sure watching his entire MLB career, it's been awesome. But, like, watching – what was the year? Was it 17 or was it 18? The, the year for the World's yeah, 18. he won the MVP. It was 18. Okay. I mean, how wild was – and, again, JBJ won the freaking ALCS MVP. It was back-to-back Gamecocks. But like watching your guy Pierce do it, and again, that's that's a name. I think Steve Pierce, the MLB, you know, the, the professional baseball player, was a name that unless you followed it really closely, you probably weren't really that familiar with him. You were definitely less familiar with him than JBJ, I would say. But you know, him coming through, doing what he did, like I, that had to be just so wild for you. Oh man, that. oh dude, it was unbelievable. Like it was awesome, man, and just what just being able to follow him throughout his career, and you know, he was my roommate, mm-hmm. and um, me, we're real, we're real tight. Um, but yeah, that that um, run that he had in eighteen, he actually in eighteen, he started the year. He was in Toronto mm-hmm. and got traded to Boston because I think he's a career like three thirty hitter against the Yankees, right. <laughs> so they actually got him to get ready for them. And, and he actually, I think, hit three home runs in the regular season against the Yankees, like right before the playoffs started. Right. So, um, like, he had – he picked a hell of a time to get hot, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> going right into the World Series. But, man, it was awesome, man. I mean, I was – I was going bananas. Mm. We all were. Everybody. Like, yeah. you know, everybody. It was just awesome. But, man, just to see that, man, and – it was really exciting for me, man. Yeah, honestly, it was, it was crazy for sure. Again, JBJ and Pierce both. And I, I want to ask you, switching gears a little bit, Chris, about you know your experiences at a uh, Sarge Fry Field because again, you you were you know one of the guys that got to play there, and of course, it, it is no longer, which I know is is a little sad. But obviously, when you see Founders Park, I mean, I remember I, I'll never forget when they announced they were they were building a new baseball stadium. I was like, why? You know, Sarge is great. I mean, we love it, and I really do feel like. I will say when you compare Sarge and Founders Park, I will say the thing that I probably liked more about Sarge is it had that true, like, this is a college baseball stadium. Like, that's how it feels. Founders is a little bit more professional. Like, it literally feels like a minor league ballpark. But, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm obviously nitpicking. But you got to play at Sarge Fry Field. Just, just talk about, again, your, some of your favorite memories from playing there. Again, it, it was a special place. It was a very special venue. 
Oh, it was awesome. I mean, talk about home field advantage. Um, I mean, the fans are right on top of you. Right. I mean, right on you. It's so tight and just, you know, it's, so it was definitely a huge home field advantage. Um, I told, I understand, you know, that the, it feels more like a, the new one feels more like a minor league park. Um, you know, as the, all these SEC teams start upgrading and stuff, you're kind of forced to, right, right. you know, to upgrade and, you know, um, recruiting rise, which, you know, has helped. But um, no, nah, being at Sarge Fire, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's, I'm pulling up to the stadium at nine in the morning for, you know, a two o'clock game and the whole thing is just packed. I mean, campers everywhere. They're all out there and it just, you know, you can smell the barbecue and all that (laughs) stuff in the parking lot, man. It was awesome. It was awesome. The walk down the hill to get to the locker room that we took every day. I mean, it was kind of just had so much character and you know, it was great, man. I had a blast. Yeah, I, I want to talk about, yeah. Chris, your game adjusting to SEC pitching because, again, you hit really well um, in the SEC. You hit 283 your first year in 05 and then hit 379 yeah. in 2006 against SEC pitching. I mean, what what do you think made the transition so seamless for you? Again, I, I know you play elite competition in JUCO, but there, there truly is – I mean, literally the latest right. D1 baseball poll that, again, we're talking on Monday, the latest D1 baseball poll that dropped – the top five are all from the SEC and South Carolina plays all of them. And it's like, it's like insane how good the SEC is at baseball. But what do you think yeah. made the transition? Like I said, so seamless for you and made the adjustment in, in, in an easy one. Right. Right. I mean, playing in Florida, um, you're going to face some dudes that, you know, they're, it's, they're, you know, low nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. Um, so it kind of helps you, but um, I mean, that's pretty much it. And then obviously the breaking ball. You know, being able to hit a breaking ball. You know, you get to the SEC every Friday, Saturday guy has a hammer. Yeah. You know, look at uh, uh, Julian Bosnick, our guy. You know, what I mean, that guy's got a wipeout. Filthy. Filthy. It's unbelievable. Um, so that kind of, I think, once you once 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 you get a year or two at, at the JUCO level, that's why I think you know we were, you know, we try to get a good mix of JUCO guys because they were already kind of tested for those right. those first couple years, and then obviously. You're 21 years old by the time you get there, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like a high school kid that's, you know, might be facing high school pitching that whole year before he gets there in the fall. But um, you're a little bit more tested. You see the velocity, you see the um, the breaking balls. So, you know, there's times there where, where it's still tough, but, you know, I think like the transition is just a little bit easier, you know, for a 20 year old that's seen it for the last two years. Yeah, I will say, by the way, to credit again, you're from Miramar, so you're from Florida. And I I played in college with guys from, you know, Orlando and Oviedo and and Ocala and, you know, Miami. And I played with a a couple of, like, Cuban guys from Miami. And, like, like, dude, (laughs) baseball in Florida is is very good. I mean, it is – you know, I was talking with those guys, and they're like, dude, there are D2s in Florida that 100% could beat tons of D1s. I mean, they're just like – there's so much talent down in Florida – it's incredible. Right, right. Yeah. No, my my first coaching job, college job, was at Nova Southeastern. That's where JD oh, Martinez dude, no, Yeah, Nova, Nova's filthy. Nova's dude, filthy. Carl, Carlos Asuaje and Michael Fires. And right. uh, there's another one. And I mean, they're all big leaguers. Right. So no, it's definitely it, it definitely does help you. Um, you know, facing competition at a young age and and that's the only way you get better, you know, you gotta play against this competition. So you know, they definitely did help. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. Right. I, I, I want to move, uh, Chris, to 2006. Again, like I said, in the postseason, you had a lot of success. We're named to the NCAA All-Regional team in 2006. Just talk about, you know, reflect on that a little bit, what clicked for you. Again, obviously, that 06 team was, was loaded. Um, we think about that lineup. We think about that Georgia series, which I'd love to get your take on in just a second. But for you, again, being being named NCAA All-Regional team, definitely a special honor, something I'm sure you, you know, definitely reflect on. Oh, definitely, man. I um I remember going into that regional, and I think Virginia was the number two team in the country that year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were hosting that regional, and I think their guy was uh, Doolittle, mm-hmm. um, big leaguer. He's closer for the I think the Nationals and the A's. But um, yeah, I think he was the ACC Player of the Year that year. And um, we go into that series or that uh that regional, and obviously we win the first game. Then we played them the second game, and they saved Doolittle. Um, for that second game because they kind of knew that they were going to match up against us. Mm-hmm. And we, I think, we lit him up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Disher had a grand slam that game. I think that ball is still going. Um, I And I know that because I was on second base. I had the best seat in the house just watching <laughs> it go in and go out. I just turned around and just watched it. It was just unbelievable. I think I think we 10 run them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were uh, – we, we got hot, man. And we were rolling and – the lineup was – we were all swinging it at the same time. So, when that starts happening, man, things get dangerous. Yeah. So, it was definitely uh, good times. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I want to switch gears a little bit, Chris. You talked about this. I, I definitely want to make sure I, I make note of it because you were named a team captain, you said, right, in 2006. And, again, I know for a lot of guys, like, you know, the the statistics and the and whatever, those things are memorable. But I think the way that you're remembered by your peers and being appointed a team captain, like that is not that, – that's a, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? That's a very big deal. And it's an honor for sure. Just just talk about that, again, to be recognized by your peers in that way. Right, right. I, I say this all the time um, to everybody. It's the greatest honor I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, just it, it being drafted or an all-tournament team or, you know, your, your whatever accolades, you know, that you get along as on the way of your baseball career. Being named team captain by my peers was probably the greatest honor, honor ever. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to, you know, what they think of me. Um, so that it definitely means a lot. And I love all those guys, you know. Yeah. So no, for sure, for sure. I mean, again, it's it's words I think probably don't do justice for it. It's incredible. Um, again, funny story, though. You, you talked about 06, that postseason, that, that Georgia series. Um, and everybody remembers the five straight home runs. And I mean, it's, oh. I don't, I don't know that it'll ever be topped. I mean, it's, I mean, South Carolina did, I will say this season, they hit three in a row and they hit like four out of five batters, which even I, I thought that was like, I was like, geez, this is incredible. I mean, this is insane. <laughs> um, but, uh, you guys hit the five in a row and nobody remembers though. You were the, the walk that kept the inning going and no, nobody remembers that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody remembers Chris Brown drawing Dude. the walk. Dude, I, I I like to think I was the spark plug for that. I got everything started. Um, yeah, if it, no, if it he, wasn't for your good eye, I mean, it, uh, it never happens. It never. Uh, happens. The, the funny thing is, is I have like the uh, bat of my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he got the first two outs in like three pitches. Mm-hmm. I mean, and before you know it, there's two outs, mm-hmm. and um, I come up, and I think he got me like one two. He had me at like a one two count. I just right. started battling. You know, I was just like fouling pitches off and, you know, took a couple and then finally just worked my way on. And um, I think Geisler comes up and hits the first pitch out. And then Smoke comes up, hits one onto the tennis court. Disher comes up, hits one over the tennis court. <laughs> and then uh, 
and then they make a pitching change. Right. And then Chris comes up, hits his, and I don't know if people know this, but that was Chris's second bomb of the game. Yeah, yeah. He hit one in the first inning. Yeah. He had a three-run bomb in the first inning. And then uh, Grindstaff hits the hit, hits his. Oh, I think he hit, I think Grindstaff hit his over the scoreboard. Yeah. Um, in right field, and then I don't know if you guys know this, but Paxton hits a top spin line oh, drive no, that remember, gets yeah, caught oh, at yeah, the warning track. Yeah. And once he hit that one, we were like, no way, no way. But <laughs> it was. I mean, I know I didn't hit one of them, but it was by far the the most insane thing I've ever been a part of. I was yeah. going to look. We were going crazy, man. Yeah, it was, was gonna, awesome. I was going to say, I feel like it has to be like disbelief. Like said, you're just like, how in the world is this happening? Oh, it was unbelievable. It was awesome. Yeah. It's incredible. There's no way to describe it. Yeah, just, just but, wild. Just wild. If, if that yeah. team just had a little bit of pitching, just a little bit of pitching, I think things might have ended up a little bit differently. But that, that's, that's I guess, a story for another day. Right, um, right. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, so, so Chris, your career – I'm curious to hear what was after South Carolina for you? Cause I know you were drafted out of high school. Um, and right. obviously I'm sure there was the chase for professional baseball and all that stuff. And I know you dealt with yeah. injuries too, while you were in Columbia, but um, just kind of talk about that. Your, your playing days after South Carolina. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, um, like I said, I, um, in, in the Oh four draft, I actually got called in the 18th round by the Cardinals really? and I was signed, I was signed with South Carolina. So I, I turned it down um, to come to Columbia, and um, after that, I didn't get drafted. You know, um, but you know, I would. It's not that it made a huge difference, but you know, I was battling some back issues. But you know, everyone's got a story. I mean, everyone has injuries that they deal with. You know, no excuses. But um, you know, after that, I ended up playing independent ball for like four and a half years, and um, had a had a blast. You know, um, I was in uh, right outside Chicago for a couple of years. I was in Northern Jersey. I was in Lincoln. Yeah, in 2010, I was playing for uh, the Lincoln Salt Dogs of the American Association League Independent Ball, mm-hmm. and South Carolina was an hour away in Omaha, winning a national championship, and I couldn't go to a game because oh. we were we were playing. Mm. <laughs> so, oh man, I was going crazy though. Like after every game, we'd come in back into the locker room. First thing I do, turn the TV on. The game would be on. Right. You know, JBJ's hitting a walk off. Or a top game uh, tying single against Oklahoma. I'm watching it in Lincoln, Nebraska. Right, and um, you know it was incredible, man. Yeah, I was gonna say how how yeah. awesome was that for you again, being a proud alum, watching, you know, Ray, especially for a, I'm I'm sure you were so happy for Ray Tanner, you know, finally getting back to the yeah. that point and you know achieving that and um. Yeah, I mean, just magical times, man. Watch them do what they did in 10 and 11. And then the forgotten team, I call them in 2012 because they didn't win the whole thing. But, damn, they went right back to it in the finals. But, uh, yeah. yeah, just being along for the ride and watching. Again, I, I know all Gamecock baseball alumni, you know, kind of celebrated that one, if you will, when they when they took care of business in 10 and 11. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it was exciting for all of us. I mean, I remember talking to Geisler and all the guys that I played with, Paxton. And, I mean, we were going crazy, man. Like, because we know how hard it is. Yeah. You know, and then to do that again after that. And then just like you said, to for the third time in a row to play yeah. in the national championship. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. just amazing. And hats off to those guys and the coaching staff and to everybody involved. I mean, it was just, I was having a blast with it. Yeah. It people, was incredible. I think people underestimate just how hard it is to get to Omaha. I, I think Chad Holbrook said it best when I, I had him on the show and, you know, it's, it's funny because 
you know, when people talk about it, it's like, dude, we just wanted to get there. Like, just getting there is like winning the trophy. I mean, it, it's, you know, just to go, you know, like, and, and then once you get there, it's like, well, damn, we're here. We might as well win it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, might as well win the right. whole thing. But, like, just getting there, and it's it's funny. I'll have fans, you know, we're, we're 10 games in this baseball season. Like, hey, you think we're going to Omaha? And I'm like, bro, we have a lot of baseball to play. <laughs> like, let's just let the thing play out. Let's let it play out. Because, again, as, as you know, man, a lot of it comes down to – you know, everybody's everybody's talented when you get to like the super regionals. When you even get to the regionals, everybody's talented. It's just do the baseball gods smile on you? Do certain guys, you know, come through in the clutch? Do you handle adversity the right way? And you know, that that you know, not saying that like the teams you were on didn't have that or but you know, just sometimes the ball just bounces a certain way and it is what it is. But you know, those ten and eleven teams, obviously in the twelve and of course, um, they had it. You know what I mean? They just had it. I mean, you just you can't coach it. You can't, you know, nah. either have it or you don't. I don't know. It's just, you know, kind of a – every championship team, I think, has that, every, every single one. Oh, definitely, 100%. There's, like, that that gene that the right. team just has, you know. Like, there's just that clutch factor. Um, and then when you have it, man, it's just, like, gold, you know. You can't describe it, just like you said. Like, you can't teach it. You can't. You know, so those guys definitely had it, and it was fun to watch. Mm. I mean, it was fun to watch. It seemed like every single um, clutch situation, somebody came up, like, and, and delivered. And it could it could have been anybody. It could have been Jackie. It could have been uh, Christian Walker. It could have been anybody, you know. And they, they, you know, took their turns. And when they got their chances, they produced. So it was, it was awesome. But like you said, you know, you, you need things to click for you. You need some luck. You need some balls to bounce your way. Right? So yeah. – no, definitely. No, for, for sure. sure. For sure. I, I'm curious because, again, it sounds like, you know, you mentioned Julian Bosnick, so it definitely sounds like you, you keep up at least a little bit with, like, current day Carolina baseball. Um, have you had the opportunity to meet Mark Kingston? And and what is your just overall thoughts, I guess, um, on the on the state of the baseball program? Because, again, I, I know there was – which is it's funny, Chris, because, you know, I had Coach Holbrook on the show, and, like, you look back at his tenure, it's, it's not like we were terrible. You know what I mean? Like, we definitely had – some bad years, don't get me wrong, and I, I think anybody would agree. I mean, if you miss the postseason at South Carolina, that is just an, an abysmal season. There's no other way to put it, right? I mean, we making the postseason right. the minimum, by far the minimum expectation at Carolina. But, um, you know, I, I think that you, when you won back-to-back titles and went to three straight and, like, the expectations were just so just out of this world, you know what I mean, where going to a Super Regional, if you don't go to Omaha, though, you had a bad year. I mean, that's just – that's tough. You know, it's tough for anybody to live right. up to, but, and I think Kingston was sort of battling that in his first couple of seasons. And now you see um, top 15 team, top 10 team, some publications, you know, you're 10 and 0 on the season. And, you know, like we were talking a little bit off air, let's, you know, we got Texas this weekend and we got, you know, some really tough series coming up Vandy with two MLB arms and Florida who's got studs everywhere. And so, you know, we'll find out a lot. And I think we all feel good about this team, but I think you're starting to see things really, really click in year four for him, which I'm happy to see, but your overall take on just the current state of the program and the job that Mark Kingston's doing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I've actually, I've, I've met him. Um, I've definitely, I, um, I've, I made some trips back to Columbia and I met him and obviously I know coach Lake really well. Yeah. Um, having coached under him at Charleston Southern, but um, no, I, I love where the, the, the program's going um, before even Kingston got there. I had known about him. He was actually the uh, assistant at Miami. Yeah. My, I was about to say that, Yeah. One of my good friends actually played for him and had nothing but good good things to say about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so nah, he's he's awesome. Um, and all those guys are. Um, all of them, current, trip, all yeah. of them. 
um, they all do a great job and, and where we're going, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. I mean, and like you said, it, it is like, it is hard to win, you know, but it's South Carolina, right. right. You know, and our expectations, and that's why we have expectations, right. You expectations know, we, are a good thing. They're a good exactly, thing. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. And, um, you know, we expect to be there at the end and, um, it's not, there's nothing wrong with pressure. Yeah. It's a good, you thing. know, pressure but, makes diamonds, pressure makes diamonds. Exactly. So, um, Kingston and you know as a new coach coming in unfortunately in the SEC it's uh time isn't on your side right um but you know it takes time to get your guys in there and get your your system in place and and how you do things and 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 the language and and practice schedules and just how you know how you how you do things on on a day-to-day basis and I think we're seeing that right now yeah I I, you know, uh, I was gonna I, I was gonna ask you is there a guy that sticks out on this team I feel like your your eyes have probably got to gravitate to second base and man Braylon Wimmer is <laughs> Braylon Wimmer's a he, you know he's 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 doing his damn thing right now oh no he is six four hey, man. runs a six four sixty and has some pop I mean that's that's a pretty good combo oh uh, you gotta love that huh yeah. second baseman yeah. with some pop yeah oh I love it no the, I love the announcer the announcer said yeah. this weekend very toolsy. And I, I would agree. He is a very toolsy kind of player. Oh, definitely, man. He's athletic. He's long. Yeah. You know, he's got whip. So, nah, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's fun to watch all these guys. And I definitely, you know, I definitely do keep up. You know, I keep keep up with all the guys. Um, but I, lo- I love the lineup. Mm. You know, I like what we can do. We got some pop. We can run a little bit. So, and and I think you've actually, listening to you, I've been, and you've touched up on this, too is I think last year we were more of just an all or nothing. Right. You know, like we didn't have those guys the with two strikes. Like uh, I think Icer had two walk-off hits to right center. Yeah. Going yeah, the other I way. Almost, I almost think right? we're better with two yeah. strikes because I think the, the approach really – I mean, you probably know this, man, that like as right. a hitter – you know, there at least some guys, there's guys that just lock in and they really simplify and, and just it just you kind of see just how good a hitters they are in those situations. And in, in, you know, comparison to, you know, oh, one, you know, whatever you're ahead, you're, you're getting your money's worth. That's your money hack. But I mean, when you kind of I've just seen a lot of our guys, like you said, I agree that I think last year we were very go for broke home run or nothing. And this year, I think right. it's more so we have a lot of hitters with really good approaches and they're really good hitters who just happen to have power. You know, we got guys who drive the ball gap to gap and, you know, the home runs are just going to naturally happen. But I'm not seeing guys lift the baseball and and make it a point of emphasis, you know what I mean, to, oh, we got to hit bombs. You know, it's just kind of, you know, a lot of the home runs we've hit this year, bro, have been line drives, which, you know, I know Kingston preaches that and that's obviously how you want to be. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch for sure, man. Oh, definitely, definitely. No, you you focus on hitting line drive and stay gap to gap, and then there's a reason why we work out. And shout out to Billy Anderson. <laughs> Billy, Billy's still there. Yeah, Billy. Uh, Billy was my strength coach when I was there. So he, I Billy does an amazing job. Um, and that's why we, we got these big, strong guys. You know, yeah. like you just sit gap to gap. That and and with the power that you're you're gonna get at South Carolina, then all of a sudden those balls are just gonna keep carrying. You know, I'll tell so. you this, man. I, I I will tell you this. I think Wes Clark is kind of like a Phil Disher 2.0. That's that's who I think of. <laughs> that's who I. That's just that's who I think of when I see him, like big, stocky, like just like has that simple. Because I think Disher too had kind of that just simple batting stance, like like oh, a yeah. caveman with a stick. Like that's kind of like what I think of when he's up there. 
and just so, short to the ball, boom, like there it is. Like, dude, that I love it, man. That's a great comp. Yeah, great comp. And oh man, yeah, dude, he uh, he reminds me of this year. Yeah, 100%, man. I and mean, I'll tell you this if you put a if you put an orange stealth in West Clark's hand, my god, my god, <laughs> <the> damage <laughs> definitely 100%. Man, I mean, and even like last year, oh, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. All right, can you see me? No, it's uh, no, let me uh, decline that. Sorry. No, you're good. I just got an incoming call. Yeah, you're fine. All right. Um, yeah, no, definitely, man. Definitely. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be playing third base with uh West Clark uh, with a (laughs) orange stealth in his hand. Yeah. Not 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 that it's funny, not like take anything away from those lineups, but I mean obviously like I was playing in high school ball doing and like dude, those bats were just gosh. I mean oh yeah, dangerous is a the fact Justin Smoke was hitting with one of those is like all you guys. It's like scary to think that. Oh, uh, and and during EP, Tanner used to used to make the third baseman play even with the bag. So any so nah. I mean, there was like, times when I I had to be over there, like, and I had to shag it, and he was uh, hey, get in there and get even with the bag, catch everything with one hand, and you're just like a goalie, yeah, like a hockey goalie, just trying to like snag balls anytime you know you'd miss hit one and just freaking hit a laser down the third base, yeah. Not fun with uh Steve Pierce up and yeah. sure. Yeah, game Gamecock baseball so, Gamecock baseball went through some baseballs during that era. That's for damn sure. That's for, that's for oh, damn sure. Oh, on no the softball team out in left field at Sarge Fry probably has like half of those baseballs. Yeah. No piled sure. up somewhere. For sure, for sure. Chris, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a lot of fun. Before I get you out of here, last thing really quickly. I'm curious. I asked Drew Chris this. I'm gonna ask you the same. Um, because I normally ask guys, you know, like, oh, favorite memory, stuff like that, but let's have some fun with it. What's the meanest thing you ever heard Ray Tanner say that you can, <laughs> that you can, that you can repeat on the air? Because I, I know but it, it doesn't have to even be said to you. Oh. Like, did you ever like witness or have yeah. happen to you? Like, he just got into you. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot, man. He's, uh, I know it happened. I know it happened. Oh, oh I got the greatest story ever. He, uh, I'll never forget it, man. We're playing Mississippi State. It's Sunday. It's the rubber game. And we're losing by three. It's the bottom of the ninth inning. I'm three for four in the game. And we're down by three, first and second, one out. And it's the absolute right move. Mm -hmm. He pinch hits for me. But it's the right move, 100%. And I forgot who it was, but they struck out. And, and I always was always next to Tanner during the game. Like, I'd always be standing next to him while he was up on his top step, and I'm standing there. And they strike out. And before he can even finish his swing, he looks at me and he says, that's the best at bat you never had. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> and then he – we're down by three. That's two outs. He pinch hits the next batter. John Willard hits a game-tying home run to tie it up. Drew Chris comes up next, gets hit by a pitch, and then Michael Campbell hits a walk-off two-run home run. Game over. Wow. Oh, but, yeah. Best he... at bat you never had. <laughs> <laughs> so Just so on-brand uh, for Ray Tanner. Oh, he was the best, dude. Love it. Yeah. Well, Love obviously, the, hey, obviously uh, the moves worked. Obviously the moves oh. worked. 
Hey, if I had to do it again, I'm 100% doing it. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I've told people, I think, you know, we talk about the baseball gods. I'm like, I think Ray Tanner is the baseball god. No, oh, he's the best, dude. I, I, yeah. Oh. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Chris, like I said, this has been a pleasure, yeah. man. It's been a blast. This has seriously been a blast. And, uh, you know, I know I speak for all Gamecocks, and I say, you know, it was awesome watching you play and you and your teammates doing what you did. I mean, again, those are some of the most, I think, fondly thought of Gamecock baseball teams to ever take the field outside of the obvious of 10 and 11 and 12 and all that. But right. those teams you yeah. were a part of and some of the, you know, the legends you played with and what you guys did and, and uh, you know, it was a pleasure. So, dude, I really appreciate you taking the time. And let's let's definitely do it again soon for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate everything you do, too, for Gamecock. All athletics, man. I appreciate awesome, it. dude. I appreciate it. For sure. Thank you so much, man. He's Chris Brown. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Spurs Up Show. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.